What's going on? What's going on, everybody? It is the only sports podcast. I'm Will. That's Casino over there. How's it How are we doing today, Casino? Good. Good. Very uh, burnt out, but excited to talk about sports because we haven't in a long time. And it's not going to be just about football anymore, which excites yeah. me because I'm an all-around sports fan. Yeah. You know what? This is finally the year where I get uh, – I feel like the last couple of years I've got really into the NBA – this is the year, Casino, I get really into uh, baseball. I'm going to bring it back you. for the young I can help you. I mean, last year was uh, – I had to get into it for the podcast, but I'm getting I'm getting into it uh, as a fan. As a fan. Uh, but today well, – who are you going to go for? Which team? Uh, huh? Which team? Oh. I've always been a uh, I've always been an Angels fan and I've always been a Phillies fan. So those are my two so stay, teams. Stay, I, stay, I root stay, for. stay, Phillies in. Well, I mean, I I root for the Phillies because they're actually good. The Angels are never good. I've just always liked the Angels <laughs> because I was sure. there. Uh, I was there uh, the year. I don't know if they were going to the World Series or they won the World Series. I was in Anaheim with my family. When uh, for for Disneyland, obviously, the only two reasons you go to Anaheim, either for the Angels or Disneyland what? and the atmosphere, it was cool. We got free swag. It was awesome. Yeah. So that's how you make that's how you make young fans. I was like, I don't know, nine, ten. You give them free swag. That's that's the key. I mean, that's, that's the key. You know, yeah. <clears throat> uh, what hat are you wearing? What is that? Is that oh. the aviators? Yeah, Las Vegas Aviators. This is this is a very dad hat, man. Very dad hat. You know, it's got the breathable sides, got the the nice little bit backing. You know, very breathable, very nice. But the LV logo, right there, Aviators. As you can see, boom, boom. I mean, yeah, Aviators, rep, good name. Not rep, rep as good as Montgomery bu- Biscuits. Montgomery Biscuits. Not as good as uh, Montgomery Biscuits. <laughs> that's so good. Montgomery Biscuits. Uh, oh, man. Uh, but, um, yeah. Uh, where do you want to start, man? We've got plenty to talk uh, about. I have some NHL stuff you haven't talked about. There was an NFL story that you didn't pull up. But, yeah, there, we're, we could do it. We could do it. You know what? So we have, let's see, I have three NFL topics. You have a fourth. I have three basketball stories, NBA, and then two college basketball. So because I feel like we're mainly a football show, let's get the football out of the way. Or no, no. We said last episode that we would start with NHL. So we're starting NHL. I'll give one headline, one headline right now. Um, because I mean, right, we, we're still on the trade deadlines coming up, so we're still working on who's going to go where. I'm waiting for like that first domino to fall, and then everybody just does everything. Um, so we won't get much into the trades, uh, potential trades right now. Um, my favorite story happens to be uh, with Austin Matthews, who plays for the uh, Maple Leafs. Love. Love, 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 love to hate the Maple Leafs and everything about it. And it's really fun to hate on the Maple love Leafs. Love to see but, their fans cry. Oh, yeah. Love it. Uh, but right now, Austin Matthews is having an absolute stellar season. He just had his 53rd goal. Um, and I probably, I think it's 56 games total that he's played. So he's got roughly about 
25 games. I don't know exactly where his count is. 25 games left in the season. Um, his best, uh, which is 35th all-time, most goals scored in a season, uh, is sitting at 60. And that was in a shortened season. That was during the bubble season, uh, I believe. But um, no, no, it wasn't. It was the year after the bubble season. But anyway, he's on pace. He's He could reach that 70... 70 goal mark, which really there's only a few guys up in that 70 goal mark for a single season. Um, obviously, Wayne Gretzky is up there, but it's fun to watch Austin Matthews. He's one of the clearest, cleanest scorers in hockey for, since he's joined the league. Um, guess how many hat tricks this guy has? I don't know if we covered it a few podcasts ago. I don't think we did, but guess how many pod or uh, how many hat tricks this guy has in a single season? Are you there? Five. Close. Six. Um, I think we may have brought this up last because now I feel like yeah, I talked about it a little bit. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, six. But yeah, he's he's doing a really good job. I feel like that um, does ring a bell. Yeah. Um, so I'm still on that that watch. It's fun to watch him keep scoring and scoring. I want you to f- guess what Wayne Gretzky, because he did with the Oilers back in 81-82 and 80 games played. What do you think his total goals were? I you only play. I have uh, no so idea. I know when it gets to Wayne Gretzky, take, it's like Wayne Gretzky and Jerry Rice. All their records are so insane that they don't sound real. So what is he, it? So in eight, eighty games played, he scored ninety-two goals. Jesus, ninety-two goals in Jesus. eighty games played, and this is regular season, and assist he had 120 so he had 212 points and so that's dude that's that's just insane that's that's <laughs> outrageous it's it's stupid it's 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 just absolutely mind-boggling that he had that 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 number but uh anyway so that's pretty cool i've just been on watching that it's power rankings are are in the knights look like they're gonna make the playoffs uh being the reigning champs um, they're still sitting comfortably in the Pacific Division, but there's a few teams that are just clear better than everybody. The Canucks are having a phenomenal season um, with Vancouver. And then Boston Bruins, even though they lost two all-stars, two superstars, um, game changers uh, with Patrice Bergeron and, uh, um, oh my gosh, uh, Brad Marchand, um, or David Krejci, David Krejci. They're still, even losing those two guys, they're still up there. Um, we'll see if they fall flat in the playoffs like they did last year. But, yeah, so exciting time in hockey because I feel like there's a lot of new teams coming up and in outside of the Bruins right now. So that's fun. Um, there was just my quick quick NHL thing. Um, well, my, my NHL question to you is yeah. right now, if you had to put money on – how many teams have a legit shot at winning the Stanley Cup? What would your number of teams be? Just, I mean, it doesn't have to be an exact number, just a ballpark. Um, six. Six. I think six teams. That's interesting yeah. because that's how many I also said when I wrote this down in the NBA. I said six. And I yeah, feel so I see the, like the, 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 maybe the that's Panthers. in all sports. Fair. So where I'm at, it would be the Panthers, Bruins um, in the Atlantic, 
uh, in the Metropolitan, I would have the Rangers, Rangers, Hurricanes. Um, then the con- going into the Pacific. Why is my thing frozen here? Sorry. Oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, and then actually, yes, seven. I would say, and then Canucks, Golden Knights, Oilers um, in the Pacific, because I think the Oilers should do it. Um, and then in the Central, the best team in that Central is the the Stars. Um, and then, oddly enough, the Van or the Winnipeg Jets and the Avalanche are tied, and they're right up in there with having really really good seasons. For some reason, the Central just doesn't scare scare me. Um, coming being a West Coast, you know, Pacific Division West Coast Conference guy, the teams that scare me would be the Canucks and the Oilers coming out of the West. Uh, the Stars, not really. They're they're kind of a one trick pony. The Avalanche, they got probably arguably top. He's top three best player in the league easily with uh, Nathan McKinnon. But again. I like well-balanced teams, teams with one player. If you can stop them, it, it kind of ends it for them. So, yeah, the, the, and then the Jets, the Knights have always owned the Jets, even when the Jets are good. So not worried about that. Uh, so I, coming out of the Pacific, I, so I would say seven teams, the Canucks, Golden Knights, Oilers, uh, no team in the Central uh, scare me. But then out of the East, just the top two teams in each division, which is the Panthers, Bruins, Maple Leafs will fall flat on their face like they always do. And it's hysterical. Um, the Rangers and the Hurricanes. Um, I know I picked the Devils at the beginning of the season. They're flirting with getting a wild card, but I don't. I don't see it. But uh, yeah, that, that's where I'm at. Seven seven teams legitimately, I think, have a shot to to win half the field. Yeah, yeah. I th- and I. You know what? I think that's what should always be the goal if you're a sports league right to feel like half the teams have a shot a quarter of the teams are like right there and then a quarter of the teams are rebuilding right and it's just Mm. that cycle just over and over again uh but that i promised casino we'd start with nhl i almost forgot but then i remembered so there's your nhl update (laughs) uh now casino you want to move to College basketball, football, or NBA? Um, let's keep the let's let's keep our viewers and our listeners on edge because you know they only care about football. So let's keep <laughs> that away and let's continue with something else. Uh, all right, let's go just quickly to we talked about college basketball last time. Let's talk about it again. Uh, uh this is a this I'm is sure a good story. at this point. Everyone is familiar with what happened in the Wake Forest Duke game. A uh, the Duke basketball player, I will pull up his name right now. Uh, Wake Kyle, Forest upset. Oh, you got it. Go for yeah. It, it's Kyle uh, Filipowski. Great. First off, great name. As someone <laughs> whose name I've never liked, I've never liked my own name. I feel like that has given me an appreciation for great names. Right, like when you I hear somebody has name. a great, you've got a great. When 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 you when you say your full name, because you have two middle names, like I long. love your name, I love your name. It's too long. Yeah, but it's I do love long. any be, being a Bo- Boston, being a Boston sports fan. I love any names with ski at the end. It's great. 
it's fantastic. It makes me smile. And there, there was a whole bit. I don't know if you ever watched the movie t- Ted. Uh, but so hit. Did you did you ever watch the movie Ted? There's a whole yeah. thing where they're doing the ski things and yes. all the yeah. It's fantastic because it's so true. Being a Boston sports fan, you you love players and people that are with the ski at the end of their name. So Kyle Filipowski, great name. <laughs> uh, which actually, side note, have you seen the Ted show yet? Yeah, I watched Peacock. the whole thing. I liked it. Is it good? I liked it. I thought okay. it was. I and thought it like was the really fifth good. Person, you're the fifth person who said it's really good, and I'm, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it. Uh, actually, but hit I me with that name one more time, Christina. Kyle Filipowski. Um, I actually <laughs> like it better than the actual movies. Damn. Okay, that's yeah. that's high praise. It was, it, I'm going to check it out. It was really good. There, there's there's some moments in there. I mean, they don't let they don't hold back just because it's a TV show. Like they actually they went full blown. There's a few things that Ted gets into, and like roasting people that have me on the floor like dying laughing. And I think the person who plays um, uh, the younger version of oh my gosh the the main character oh, I forget Albert? his name. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. Why am I playing under his name? Um, anyway, uh, that kid, I think he played a really good young version of him. So it's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Well, there's the only sports podcast recommendation of the week. The Ted show. I'm going to check it out. Check it out. Um, but so Kyle Kyle Filipowski Filipowski. (laughs) was, was hurt quote unquote. I'm going to use air quotes, quote unquote. Hurt in a, I mean, what can only be described as a court-storming kerfuffle after Wake Forest upset Duke, which led to, now we'll talk about the uh, Kyle Filipowski of it all, but first it's brought on, much like all these things do, a much bigger conversation, which is, should court storming be banned in a college basketball casino in i'll be honest in all sports i don't think it should be banned however i've always thought this because i've stormed courts i've always thought about it it's fun but (laughs) where i'm at with it is you need to give time for the other players the opposing players to get off the court safely and the coaches and everybody get off the court safely and then storm the court i know you're excited i know it's it's cool when that buzzer goes off and it's final you're excited you want to go out there and celebrate with the team like and it's it's just like one of those things like it like a mosh pit for going to a a, you know a hardcore show or something you know if you go in there there's potential for you getting hurt you've already weighed that risk of you're gonna rush the court with a whole bunch of other crazy fans Half the time, it, they're drunk fans, especially if it's a wet campus or, you know, they've already pre-gamed somewhere um, if it isn't a wet campus. But give the opposing team time to get off the field, the court, whatever it may be, so you don't injure players. I've always thought that I'm never the first one to rush on the court. I wait until, you know, it things have settled, everybody's out, and then I go onto the court when it's already, like, full or whatever it may be. Um, that's my take on it because it is, and I've, I've seen it, not maybe to this extent, um, with a good team, but 
I have seen players struggling from the opposing team, trying to get off the court, and they're getting ran into. And, you know, they're they're bigger than most of the people, so they're pushing them aside and whatnot. So they're not really getting hurt. But in this vid- this one, it shows a clear video. This kid from Wake Forest, fan, comes running out, and he literally, like, steps on the ankle of the Duke player and of Kyle, and I... I I agree. I would be really pissed off at that as well. And I do like that the Wake Forest coach came out and was like, yeah, I don't support storming the court. They did it. You know, I've never been a fan. So, you know, kudos to him that he wasn't trying to defend the situation and his fans. But that's where I'm at with it. What is your take? Because I'm dying to know because I feel like you have a strong opinion about this. Oh, which, by the way, on Twitter, hold on, on Twitter and X, Kyle... Uh, it's Kyle Flip Filipowski. All right. Nice. Great. Great. Just have to throw <laughs> that in there. Uh, but uh, I will say that, I mean, we obviously in college basketball had a story earlier this season with Caitlin Clark also had a uh incident where a a fan got knocked into her when they were storming the court and all this kind of stuff when it comes to that incident and when it comes to the filipowski of it all i will say after you watch both videos it, it it looks like they're trying to get called for a penalty in the basketball game they just played by flopping both of them look like they uh are still in that I'm in the game mindset and they're trying to draw a foul. They just don't look like it's not like they either of them got creamed or smacked into somebody. I mean, I've been walking with my head down and hit into people harder than either of them were hidden. But I think the thing that separates college from professional is the, I mean, for a while, it was the amateur nature of it. It was these kids are just playing for the love of the game, right? Now they're not getting any money. Now, apparently, when you pay athletes that uh, from schools that are worth billions of dollars, apparently that makes it not uh, that college level. For whatever reason, I don't know why college is synonymous with making no money. So now I feel like the college atmosphere around this kind of stuff is like, well, now we're paying these athletes. So we have to treat them as, you know, professional sports athletes. So we can't have the dangers of the field being stormed or the court being stormed after an upset. But that's always been a thing. It's always, again, Duke was ranked, uh, in the top 10 when this happened so you know especially if you're duke if you're north carolina if you're kentucky if you're any of these big college basketball programs and you can do the same for football with alabama any of the sec teams blah 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 it you should know as a player as a fan as coaches as security whatever If you are upset in that game by a team ranked lower than you or by a rival or any of that, the quarter field is going to be stormed. So this thing, as if we're living in this world where this is now a new thing, or it's like, oh my God, it's happened twice this season in the 300 college basketball games they play. 
that now it's like this wider discussion where it's like, we have to protect the athletes and all this kind of stuff. How about the athletes are smart enough to realize, hey, maybe I don't try to run through the middle of the court when there's all people coming uh, vertically and I'm trying to run horizontally. Like, maybe, okay. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to stop you right be there. More, no, be more I'm, self-conscious. I'm going to stop you right there. So the game, watch the clip. Watch the clip. If you watch the clip, the fans are already on the court. I'm watching it again right now. The fans are already on the court before the time even runs out. Before the game's even over, there's like a still full second. The game's still going on, and then the Wake Forest players or fans run out onto the court. I have, That's what bothers me. Give the opposing... The game is still fucking going. Give the players and coaches and the staff time to get off. And then if you're watching it, it, it bothers me where anybody who's point like so they're trying to carry him out, and you still have Wake Forest uh, fans going into the middle of them, flipping them off, taking videos of them that, and don't give a shit that this guy just got hurt. I, that's where my my issue is with it. You know, I don't I understand about the whole, and I do think it's dumb where now there's a whole mindset. I'm agreeing with you here. The whole mindset of they're getting paid now a whole bunch of money. So we want to protect them because now they're assets to us. And before they didn't give a shit, you know, because it's yeah. for the love of the game. I, I get that. I, I totally understand that. But it's still, even, even if that wasn't there and it was still for the love of the game, some of these players, especially as you, you said, if you're a top 10 program and you get beat, you know that they're going to storm the court. Fine whatever, but a lot of those players have the opportunity. They might not make the NBA, but they might get paid per, paid to play professional basketball in some aspect, whether it's D-League, G-League, a random overseas thing, whatever. They, they still have a chance. So if you injure them, that's an issue. To me, that's an issue. So, again, I am fine with rushing the court, never been against it, but you need to give the opposing players and staff time to get off the court or off the field so they do not get injured and you hinder their rest of their life as a possibility of doing that. I know I'm, I'm reaching for the stars on that one um, for the rest of their life, but it, it, it's a real thing. So if that, that fan, when he stepped on his ankle, what if he tore that dude's Achilles and that guy's never good again? But we can't play sh- the what if game. You can't play the what if game because he could do that. We saw what with Fred Warner in the Super Bowl where he's just running on the field and he he's out for the game. But, but I agree with way, you. But when if it there's comes a way to the what if game, fine. But if there's a way to to stop that from happening, if you can prevent it, which I think is an easy thing to prevent, just say on just just give them time. Just just announce like one like during a timeout that's close to the end of the game. If it happens, please give the opposing players and team time to get off the court. Blah, blah, blah. Just, like, be conscious of it. That's where my issue is. Well, that – I mean, that I agree with. But uh, – yeah, There I, was still I a full second on, the on other... this, and then, and then the team ran – the fans ran out on the court. But it was also – but, see, this is also another thing where it's a four-point game, so it's not like it's a last-second shot. It's a – it's an upset you know that's coming. So this is more on I don't 
When so you're just gonna to let fans, you're just gonna let them throw right? the ball in and not right? try to play the rest it's of the game. Not like the fans just stand on the side, just stand on the sideline, just say, okay, you know, there's a minute. Well, a no, minute, but I'm saying six left. It, I'm done playing the game. Yeah, but again, when it comes to fans, it's not their job to make sure the players are safe because again it's not like he was being attacked he was running in the middle of a crowd okay, and a, hit into another person in the crowd it's not like he was maliciously attacked it's up to security at what is it duke university to be like okay this is clearly the end of the game here maybe we have protocol for this thing that happens all the time instead of just oh point or you get what i'm saying yeah just in college basketball and college football you know this stuff happens in nba and nfl why there's upsets all the time Fans never rush the court, so clearly there's a protocol in place for sporting events to make sure nobody rushes the court or the field. And if you are letting the fans rush the court or the field, because again, difference between amateur and professional, then have protocols in place where it's like, hey, Duke guy. Go stand on the side, uh, the sidelines after this. We'll have security come get you and escort you off the, the field. Don't try to run the length of the field horizontally when everyone is coming at both sides vertically. You ever go to Disneyland or a theme park? You never try to walk through the middle of a crowd because you're going to hit a kid. You're going to get hit by a stroller, your yeah, ankles. It's just, just kick them. this is common sense things again, I, but we I try to kick, put I just it kick them aside. I just kick the kids. <laughs> yeah. But then we, it's common sense things, but then we try to put it through a prism of like, how could this happen? Oh my God. Egregious. And it's just like, it's not like the wake forest fans attack this guy with a bat in the middle of the crowd. And they're like, Oh my God, they shouldn't have been on the court. It was people probably drunk probably uh celebrating a win and then all of a sudden there's this uh Filipowski guy just running right into you and you're just like oh sorry bro and then you just keep celebrating he wasn't running by the way he was he was trying to walk back well, to it was his a bench. brisk jog a, a light jog he was walking but but uh yeah so i i uh, i don't think court storming or field storming should be uh banned or anything like that but i do think I agree with your point of protecting the student athletes, but again, that's on the you organization. Have a, you have a different way. Yeah. You, you want it to be under security instead of the fans being respectful. Got it. Well, not, not even respectful, just like the fans are rushing the court. Why should, and again, it's not the, the person he hit was looking the other way. So it's not even like it was a targeted attack. I just think the fans again, are being thrown under the bus as if they were intentionally doing this. And it's not a fault of the school. No, they weren't, intention- they weren't intentionally going to hurt him, but they were intentionally running the court. Uh, anyway, yeah, but not but, with the intent to hurt. So it sounds like we're on the same, same boat where, you know, I'm fine with the court storming. You're fine with the court storming. Just we need different different ways of going about it, whether they tell the student, the the fans, hey, give them time to get off or – just up security to make sure that doesn't happen. So they, they have the proper time to get off um, regardless. Yeah. So, 
And yeah, stor- and I like mean, you were saying have you, earlier, have you ever stormed a court? It's fun. It's fun. It's fun, especially when you're hammered. <laughs> well, no, like you were saying earlier, especially with all these wet campuses, it should be really easy to get off. You know yeah. what I'm saying, Casino? With all these yeah. wet campuses. <laughs> I get it. I was trying to I was trying to think of a, a, a fun storming the court sexual joke, but you you beat me to it. Thank you. I had nothing, so I couldn't. I beat you. Yeah. It's okay. You beat- I beat you to the wetness. Uh, for yeah, we stormed it. Uh, but uh, you've missed me that much, haven't you? I have. Uh, we actually. Oh, since the last podcast we've done, we actually you and I went golfing together. Yeah, we did. We, we had a bit of a guy. That was good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was uh, fun and went golfing. We had a good time with a couple of our other buddies. Uh, who don't listen to this podcast because they don't care about us at all. Um, but uh, well, also, we... I don't think they like sports. Yeah, they don't. Um, but it was well, nice that we. Does. He likes a few sports, um, but it was <laughs> nice. To, it was it was nice to go out and you know. Then afterwards, we went and got dinner, and then we got into some uh, what we call hashtag real talk, and then we all left in a very somber mood. At least that's what happened to me. <laughs> But hey, that, that uh, we did have Mexican food and Mexican food, it's 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 the best food because they're like, listen, we have five ingredients we like, and we're going to do every combination of these five ingredients we can think of, and people are gonna lose their minds. And you know what? That's exactly what happened. A burrito is a chimichanga, is a taquito, is fajitas, is nachos, and you know what? All of them work. All of them are great, and the place we went, it was margaritas and burritos. I mean, what are we doing here? Margaritas. I got the fajitas though; they were they were bomb. Yeah. Well, you were like, I'm... I want dinner with a little show, so that's yeah. why you ordered fajitas. I want a little dinner with a little sizzle. Hey. <laughs> uh, but let's move uh, over to the women's side of college basketball casino. Real quick, so... do you have do you have to get out of here at a certain time because you've got. 20 minutes in no no i do not oh, my sweet. son is cool. at his mom so i do not have to uh skedaddle like i usually do when we record this women's. but um let's uh move to the women's side where of course we're going to talk about caitlin clark uh already already um she is let's see this she is just go to the athletic. Oh, they got the Caitlin Caitlin Clark counter. So what is that counter at casino? Well, that's where I'm going. I told you to go to it, but I guess I'll well, go. No, to I got it. it pulled up, but All I right, was uh... go for it. Okay, well, you, so you... the uh, um this is from Yahoo Sports, the Iowa Star passed Lynette Woodard's uh three thousand six hundred forty nine career points with Kansas erasing a significant end she also moved to only 18 points shy of uh breaking pistol Pete Maravich great name uh three thousand six hundred sixty seven mark for the NC double uh, a scoring record among both men and women so Clark has been averaging 30 points a game uh the next game is Iowa's regular season finale against number two ranked Ohio State on Sunday. So she needs eight points. Last game she just played, uh, she had 15 points almost immediately in the game. So tickets for this game have skyrocketed, I believe. Dude, she's selling out arenas. Yeah, man. Well, she also, in the midst of all this, 
announced that she will be entering the WNBA draft after this season. Obviously, she's projected to be the number one pick. Do you think, Casino, that Caitlin Clark can, I don't want to say save the WNBA, but I guess renew or start interest in the WNBA on a wider scale? Um, definitely. Um, if she comes in and she is that, you know, that next generational player, like a Sue Bird, like a Lisa Leslie, um, Brittany Griner, you know, for the WNBA, pe- people want to watch that, you know, like when Griner came in, Brittany Griner came in the league, she was one of the few, cause she's super tall. One of the few, ath- uh, women that actually were, was dunking that piqued a lot of people's interest that that was fun to watch. Um, and then, you know, Sue Bird is, arguably one of the greatest players of all time. Um, so if you have like that niche where you draw a crowd because you're really good at something, they're going to, they're going to watch it. So Caitlin Clark coming in the league and it's just like, I'm this, this scoring machine. Try to stop me. People are going to watch that, especially if she breaks this record, which barring injury, she's going to break this record. And there's still some time left in this season. She has the potential to even go after that all-time record with it has a um, just over the six thousand mark to to reach uh, the person that was in the lower league or whatever it was. But yeah, we I talked mean, about that last episode. Whatever that random sports league, no one knows is. But yeah, whatever, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, but um, I mean, she's close to that. But the the NCAA once she beats Pistol Pete, you know that's what people are going to know, which is just out outrageous um yeah no i think it's definitely going to bring more more eyes to the WNBA. i mean here in vegas um i know that you don't really do watch it all that much but um at my places of work we do turn on those games because vegas has always been waiting for a professional sports team so we got the knights the year later we get the aces so and their brand new franchises people cling on to that um, I, I know I've said it before on this podcast, but I'll say it again. I've had arguments with people like, oh, you know, when I say, oh, the Aces games sell out. They're like, oh, yeah, it's because the tickets are so cheap. Yeah, they might be $10, you know, rough, roughly, whatever they are, cheaper than that, eight, 8 to $15 per game for the uh, cheap seats. But people are still spending their time and, you know, spending their time going to the games. Like, they're they're spending not just money, but time. Um well, also it's, it's a little different for at least for me seeing that in Vegas because the Aces coming into town brought pretty much the city's eyes onto the WNBA. But outside of that aspect, and you know, other other teams in the WNBA, they don't have the same viewership as the Aces, who are back to back champions, probably going to repeat. Um, but wherever Caitlin Clark goes, that fan base is going to. That fan base is going to go from wherever they are. They're going to at least double, maybe triple, and the just the viewership out there, in you know, out there just for like TV viewership is definitely going to go through the roof because maybe not through the roof, but it's going to it's going to increase. People are going to watch it because people are talking about Caitlin Clark. They're selling out. Um, they're selling out games for women's college basketball, which you don't normally see. So just imagine that translated now into professional. It it's it's going to be really good. I do think it's going to put more eyes on the WNBA, um, and we'll we'll see if you know more people watch it because there's more and more talent 
as the years go on coming out of college for the female athletes and they're they're crushing it yeah i uh i agree with pretty much everything you just said except for the thing where you said ticket prices were low because i don't know if you uh we're gonna talk about the Lakers game i was just no no i was just making the argument is, is what people were telling me i don't know what the prices are but that's what they say to me and then i just rebuttal it with doesn't matter if the prices are cheap you know whatever they are if you're saying they're cheap if they are cheap people don't care they're still spending their time to go to those games here, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll look up. Well, no, I was going to back up your point by saying no. a nationally televised game for the NBA on uh, Wednesday night before the Lakers Clippers, which was the late game. The early game was Pacers Pelicans before tip off games for that or ticket prices for that game were like ten dollars. So, again, like this thing where it's just like. The good teams in the NBA, the the select few, are always, you know, crazy prices. I know I've tried to take my son to a million games, but I'm not paying a thousand dollars to go to a Tuesday night where it's the Warriors versus, you know, the Pelicans. But again, uh, much like with every sport, the bad teams or the teams no one's interested in, the tickets are always going to be low. So this thing yeah. where it's like. Oh, WNBA tickets are low. It's but it's like, yeah, but then we're seeing in college basketball where tickets to go to Caitlin Clark games are some of the hottest tickets around. So I don't get this thing where you talk about ticket prices. Clearly, there's something here that's lightning in a bottle for whatever reason. And how could that not translate oh. to the WNBA? Yeah, right? so I'm like, I'm I'm looking up just the Aces tickets right now. So but again, you know, these are aces who are back-to-back champions and on probably going to three-peat. Um, it's showing prices anywhere on SeatGeek for this season. Um, I'm seeing, like, the cheapest one for their their home opener at Michelob Arena here at Mandalay Bay uh, versus the Phoenix Mercury um, is $28. It's the cheapest seat. So uh, going on to SeatGeek, I see a couple 15s, and then I see ones where – like 90 bucks for the cheapest seat. So, I mean, yeah, they're people are going to go and that that's awesome. So I'm, I'm that whole $10 thing. Fuck off people. (laughs) I I haven't, I haven't been, I've never had the time to go to those games. Um, But yeah, that, well, we also work nights, so it's one of those yeah. things where it's yeah. And if I do take uh, a night a night off to go see a sporting event, it's going to be for the nights. Yeah, uh, but we just I just touched on it right there, Casino. Uh, LeBron James. So let's switch over to uh, the LeBron NBA. James. LeBron James, where LeBron James. he has had quite a week. And that started with, I don't know if you saw this or not, Casino, and I don't know if you knew this or not, but LeBron James' son plays at USC currently. I know right. nobody ever talks about it. So his well, son, nobody talks about Bronny. <laughs> yeah, his son Bronny James plays at USC uh, currently. Which, by the way, I, 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 let's just real quick. I, I can't stand that. Just name your kid LeBron Junior. Why are you brawny? Like, uh, 
Eh. Well, Sorry. that was also a when this whole topic we're about to uh, dive into got brought up. It was I did see a funny tweet or I don't know what they're called on X now, but I saw a funny comment where somebody was like, how old do you get until you are embarrassed that your name is Brawny? Right. Because no 50 year old man is walking around. You're like, hey, Brawny. Hey, Brawny. Especially when your son or so my name is William. This would be like me naming my son Ilium. Right. Like I just cut out the beginning part or I put it like ill ill Amon. I, I don't know. It's it's weird to take. Let's talk about this casino. It's weird to take. I want to talk about it. That's why I brought it up. It's weird to take part of your first name, extend the back end of it, and then call your offspring that. Yeah, so I have a friend named Brian, and he named his son Bryson. And I'm like, why? Why? But your name is is Casey. So if you named your son, what? It would be S-E-Y. If you named him, like, Sason, and you and we were and everybody was like where'd you get that name from and you were like well listen i took the back half of my name and then just extended it i feel like everybody would be like why wouldn't you just name him casey jr or just see that's what my family that's what my family did with my older brother and my you know my dad and so my brother older brother is a junior but they just go by different things so like their names are eddie but my dad goes by Ed and my brother goes by EJ for Eddie Joe. Like, but is that a white person thing? Cause my family also does that. I'm technically William the third, but my grandpa had a different nickname. My, gr- my dad's name is bill. My name's always been my initials. So it's like same thing where we all have the first name, but we have a different, just like if his name was just LeBron jr. And then they called him brawny. Then it would be like, oh, that's just his nickname. But for his name to be the actual nickname of his dad without having his dad's name, yeah, just a weird move. And I feel like it's not talked about enough. That's a weird move. So uh, I'm going but... to send you one of my friends. He's got probably the best name ever, but you know, I won't say the full name on air. Um, but it is it is fantastic. He's a third. Uh, here you go. Uh, and there send it to you so this this is i love this name you know what as a person who appreciates great names great name i yeah. won't say his full name but also uh just the last name uh wellington that's a great name and the that's best great. part the best part is he not even like a fourth or like a, a an eighth or whatever he's legitimately half korean <laughs> so think of that name and he's half korean it's it's fantastic <laughs> um, but, so, uh, so i won't i won't give his first name but uh it, it middle name is francis last name wellington so francis wellington and yet he's legitimately half korean <laughs> i mean that's great great that's name. great name uh, uh not great name uh, let's go back to Bronny James Casito. Yeah. So he is at USC. He is 
averaging 5.3 points, uh, 2.8 rebounds, 2.4 assists, and 37 from the field. So LeBronny James, uh, LeBronny James. Again, USC is 11 and 17 this season. The team's Ooh. not good. He has not performed well on the no. team. And yet that did I, not stop LeBron James from earlier in the season saying on uh, Twitter, uh, watching NBA League Pass, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said, watching NBA League Pass and Bronny is better than most of the dudes playing in the NBA r- right now or something yeah. along the lines of He's doing it watching for League Pass. He's trying yes. to get his son into the NBA. If he was not LeBron's son, if he was not LeBron James' son, I don't think that he would cut it in the NBA. I truly don't. Well, no, he can't. I mean, he can't. Uh, he can't cut it in college football. So again, basketball. I feel like the elephant in this conversation is obviously Bronny had the the medical emergency where it was like, will he even play sports again? And that whole saga happened, but. Thankfully, he had a full recovery, and now he's playing playing again, and it doesn't look like that had any lasting effects or anything like that, right? But uh, so the story we're talking about now, LeBron James said that, again, paraphrasing, but basically he was watching League Pass. There were dudes on there who weren't as good as his son who could play in the NBA right now. James has also said, oh, whatever team drafts Bronny, I'm going there. And then that has also led to the looming well, talks. Of here's like, the thing: he, I, I get that, but he's not Lebroni. Bronny James is not going to play anywhere except for Lakers. He's going to go to the Lakers because I will tell you right now, no team is going to want to pick up Lebron, uh, pick up Bronny, just to get a fading out Lebron James because Lebron James has reached that limit now. I believe where he's past that certain threshold where. His max long-term contract can only be three years because he's over X, you know, he's over a certain age. So he can only get that um, certain contract uh, of three of three years max. Um, it, this is what I was listening to on the radio. I, I believe that's that's all accurate. Well, I mean, yeah, he's gonna be 40 years old yeah. at the and start. I think, I think after the no, 39, no. 38 or yeah. 39, once you reach that, you can only get um, a contract extended out to a three-year deal just because of an age thing. But here's the, where I'm getting at is, do you think any team would pick up Bronny knowing, A, he's not that great of a player, and when LeBron James leaves, now you're stuck with Bronny. And so say you do want LeBron James on your team, you know, and you pick up Bronny and be like, hey, you know, now you come to us. Is it really going to matter when LeBron James is on the tail end of his career? I know he's still playing very well, and we'll get to you know what he just did against the Clippers here soon. But why would anybody want to do that? You know, why would anybody outside of bringing in viewership? You're not going to win games. You're not going to play play well enough to win games with those two on your team. So why not just let the Lakers pick him up? The Lakers will get their viewership. Um, it's already in the train. Like the, the Lakers are already transitioning away from LeBron, even though he's still the face of the league, they're going to move away from him eventually. Cause he's going to be too old. He's going to retire. And do you want to also be stuck with Bronny? And I don't think LeBron's going to go anywhere because he's a very business minded person and he's almost done with his career. 
why would you leave LA? Why would you leave? Why would you leave LA? Everything is the Mecca. Why would you move anywhere else from there? So that's well, where my eyes are on that. Well, the I think so to uh, what you were just saying, LeBron James uh, still is averaging 25 points a game, seven rebounds, eight assists. So he's still playing no, at right. a high I know, level. I, that's what I was trying which, to, trying to say for him. But we have seen this season and last season, the injury bug is starting to creep up a little, which as we've seen in all sports, the older you get, the harder it uh, it becomes to not only avoid. I thought that injury, was the opposite. I thought the older you get, the softer it becomes. <laughs> That's a good one, Casino. Thank That's you. a good one. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, we've seen it's harder to come back from injury. It's easier to get injured. We've seen most good players, or I, w- I don't want to say most, but a lot of great players have to retire just because you know you go from playing a back-to-back game and then being fined to all of a sudden you got to sit out one game and then it becomes sitting out two games and the recovery process of just trying to keep your body to where, you know, your peak is, especially if you're somebody like LeBron James who plays a very physical style of basketball where you just have to have, you know, the breaks and stuff like that. And then you look at the standings and right now the Lakers are the ninth seed so again, adding Bronny James to this Lakers team does not make them better. So then it also becomes like you were saying, if you're the Lakers, you obviously want to sign LeBron James for LeBron James. Big money. Yeah, because he's the face of your franchise along with Anthony Davis. But then when you go to the offseason, you've just signed LeBron James. Now you get Bronny. So then it becomes a thing of, well, yeah, LeBron James is playing with his son, and that's going to be cool, but you're not going to – are you going to waste a first-round pick to make sure you get Bronny James? Are you going to – what pick are you sacrificing to get a player you know does not improve your team and you're only – doing it to keep a player you already have on the team and you're ninth in the Western conference. Get what I'm saying? So then it becomes uh, the story, which is LeBron James tweeted the thing we just uh, mentioned earlier in the season. And then Monday, February 27th, he said that after the news that uh, uh, ESPN mock NBA draft had dropped Bronny out of the first round, LeBron James went to X and posted, can you all please just let the kid be a kid and enjoy college basketball? The work and results will ultimately do the talking no no matter what he decides to do. If you don't know, he doesn't care what a mock draft says. He just works earned not given the follow-up tweet said and to all the other kids out there striving to be great just keep your head down blinders on and keep grinding these mock drafts doesn't matter one bit i promise you only the work matters let let's talk real basketball people best ending to that both tweets have since been deleted so dude he is an absolute this is why I don't like LeBron James. Yeah, because he's a hypocrite. 
Exactly. 100%. There's so much shit that he says in his life during this career, during being famous. I mean, granted, he was famous since he was a freaking high schooler, but still, I, I, I just... I shouldn't be shocked at this point with the shit that he says, but still, it shocks me. It shocks me. <laughs> Let him be a normal kid. He's your freaking son. His name, his name's Bronny. Your name's LeBron. You know, you literally, you you draw attention every time. That they, again, it comes with the territory. It comes with the territory, man. It, it well, you, you want to be famous. It comes with the territory. Remember my whole whole rant about the Taylor Swift thing, where she was like, "Eh, you know, stop." putting the camera on me it comes with the damn territory you're famous you're a superstar you transcend like not just this country you go to all the other like you are a worldwide icon and yet you're like yeah you know let him be just let him be a kid no he's your kid he's gonna have eyes on him you want him to play with you in the nba they're gonna have eyes on him they're gonna talk about him your family is a talking point you've created this you know, it, it is what it is. You have to live with it. And then don't be a fucking hypocrite. I am so <laughs> over LeBron James, dude. I I can't wait till he's out of the league. I <laughs> solely and truly can't wait till he's out of the league. I don't know why you're saying that because he's going to be given a, the team in Las Vegas. So we, you and I, are going to see him more than when he's playing now in the NBA. Like, that's going to be a thing. But he's not. Also, I, I just can't. I can't. The funny, obviously, the hypocrisy in this <sighs> story so is the the hypocrisy hypocrisy in this story is nobody would nobody would care or put so much attention on Bronny James if LeBron James basically wasn't tying his future to where to his LeBron, son exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. If this was just a kid in college basketball trying to play college basketball, most people, and I don't, I think I'm being generous when I'm saying most people wouldn't even know Bronny James was in college basketball, right? Because he's not prominently featured in USC games. USC is not a team prominently featured in uh, nationally televised college basketball games. So he would kind of just fade into the background until all of a sudden it came to draft time. And then it's like, Oh shit. LeBron James son is in, uh, what is it? This upcoming draft. But yeah. if LeBron James just did the thing where he was like, uh, my son's in college basketball. I hope to play with him one day, but he's got to put the work in, you know, like all that kind of stuff that would be perfectly fine but this overhyping of your son who is not delivering in college basketball and again it's not his son's fault that he's not uh you know one of the biggest names in college basketball or dominated in college basketball because that is a hard thing to do right but again if he he's not putting up those kind of numbers and nobody would shine the spotlight on him if it wasn't for his dad. Yeah. Again, tying everything uh. his son does to his future in the NBA and disrespecting the guys in the NBA by being like, my son's better than almost everybody I've right. seen on League Pass. So him I mean, it's disrespecting like, other people, I'm going to disrespect him right now. We've talked way too much about LeBron James. Yeah. 
So I'm just going to tell you real quick. Cool. He had a really good comeback against the Clippers. You know, he outscored the Clippers himself in the fourth quarter. Cool. Awesome. Great performance. Fuck off LeBron James. I'm done talking <laughs> about LeBron James. Let's move. Disrespect all day. Oh, I hate, I, you know, I will say this. Well, I hate Aaron Rodgers more than LeBron James, but it's close. Yeah. It's close. Ooh. Uh, but yeah. And then well, uh, here's the thing. I, I think LeBron a... James, I think LeBron James does more for the sport than what Aaron Rodgers does. So that's kind of where I, I peek it over. Um, but yeah. yeah. And you know what? To give LeBron James credit and then we'll, we'll end on a high note and then we'll move to M- NFL and get But I wanted to end on disrespect. I know. I want to end on a high note. Uh, he is nine points away from getting to uh, 40,000 points, which is insane. Uh, it's super impressive. And for him to be doing it at this age is just ungodly. Like, it's it's crazy. But I do think that... Yeah, go play football uh, until you're 43 like Tom Brady. Then, then fucking talk. <laughs> Uh, but I do think that why everyone dislikes get, LeBron James is this story. And I yeah. do think that this is not the only story. He does it all the time. But I'm saying this kind of story, right? Yes. Where it's like he puts himself at the forefront of things that I mean, wouldn't the most, be an issue if he didn't put himself at the forefront. Right. The most the most famous one though for me is the whole uh the the whole controversy overseas with um um uh, China and that whole thing. And remember that? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Again, he just has, it just puts a sour taste in your mouth where again, because of the hypocrisy, yeah. it's the hypocrisy, not the skill or basketball that annoys people because uh, the skill or basketball. Yeah. We're still, still talking about him. I thought I said we're, we're done. Disrespect. <laughs> um, did you want to talk JJ Redick and, uh, and doc rivers in the Milwaukee? Uh, Bucks? No, we'll, we'll go straight to the NFL. Right. Uh, so lot. let's go to the NFL. What was the NFL story you had casino that you wanted to bring up? Uh, so did you hear this thing about, uh, I, you should, you're an Eagles fan where, uh, uh, Mikola, uh, Hardman was reportedly leaked information about the Jets jets game plan to the Philadelphia Eagles. And apparently there was all, they said also the chiefs game as well, but the main ones to the Eagles um, before the game. And they still lost and they still lost. That's the best part about it is um, even with, regardless of that loss, like dude, if this, if these rumors are true, that's the end of his career. Like no team will touch Uh. him. So the report is, and this is by Connor Hughes on Twitter. uh, Yes, I'm told there was validated, and I think that's the important word, validated validated belief from the Jets that uh, wide receiver McColl Hardman was frustrated by his lack of usage and therefore leaked game plans to the opposition. And that has been heavily implied by several Jets players. Uh, He did this for not only the, the Eagles game, but the Chiefs game, Chiefs game, and I'm telling you, if he did it for two games that are c- basically confirmed, there's no doubt he did it for other games that have not yet been confirmed, right? You're not just picking cherry picking two games and then not doing anything else, right? Like there's, uh, but he's still under contract with the Chiefs. He obviously caught the game winning touchdown in the Super Bowl, but he better hope that the Chiefs 
want to keep him for the long term because I agree with you. I feel like that's going to be a really hard thing to sell to any other team thinking about signing you, especially when you're kind of a run of the mill wide you receiver mean, and not. By the like, way, you were you mean the Jets? No, he's on the Chiefs. He got traded to the Chiefs. Oh, got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and he's the one that caught the the touchdown in OT. But yeah, that's right. He better, I'm just saying, he better hope that uh, the Chiefs sign him to a long-term deal. Because if you're, on the, you're a free agent with this kind of dark cloud hanging over you, I don't think there's another team willing to take a, a chance on you. Unless it's to get intel on the Chiefs. Right, like if you're the Broncos or the Chargers or the Raiders, you'd you'd probably be like, "Hey, come on over here. Uh, let's go to this back room and I'll lock the door, and you can tell us the keys." Apparently, Antonio Pierce has the keys to beat uh, Patrick Mahomes, but yeah, that is a weird story. Weird, weird story, Casino. Um... Uh, but let's move on to, you know what? This was, uh, I wanted to surprise you with this story because I will just read it verbatim. It's maybe the best sports story, I want to say, of the year. Uh, I'm just going to read the Daily Mail uh, uh, UK head, uh, just story, okay? Get ready for this casino. I'm holding, I'm holding on. NFL superstar Tyreek Hill broke plus-size only fan influencers leg yeah, by charging at her with crushing force after she humiliated humiliated him during practice football drills at his Florida mansion lawsuit claims so <laughs> i don't know what part of that you want to dive into but uh here's the bullet points influencer and by influencer again only fans model influencer is not a job title only fans um only fans model sophia hall 35 claims uh miami dolphins wide receiver tyree kill broke her leg during a backyard football lesson at yeah. his florida mansion last year uh, the plus size model claims Hill invited her to his home over flirty DMs and is now suing the scandal plague player for battery assault and negligence. So, again, first off, I think we need to give Tyreek Hill props for teaching OnlyFans models who want to learn football how to play football, right? Cool. Out of the kindness of heart, what a guy, right. But wasn't if, if I thought I was reading this because I, I did hear about this story uh, last night. Um, but wasn't it where like it was her son or something like was having like was having like a practice thing? Was that it or no? Was I no no? She, she says that uh, Hill felt humiliated. There was an event going on, right? Uh, something like that. But she said she felt humiliated when she managed to, again, these are her words, so I would love a clarification on what this means. Hold her own and even knock him backwards during a series of practice drills. So we have NFL cornerbacks who can't stop 
Tyreek Hill. And this OnlyFans model is not only holding her own, but hand-checking him at the line of scrimmage so violently that it pissed Hill off and he decided to charge at her. This is... This well, is a great story. This is a great it's, story. It's, I mean, yeah, this is a great thoughts, story. Thoughts, Casino. I need your thoughts. And again, she posted a video where now she's on crutches. It's just, this is the best <sighs> news story of all time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, How... fuck, fuck his house being on fire. <laughs> Do you think uh, the Chiefs sign this woman or the Patriots or the Jets <laughs> sign this woman for hot tips on how to stop Tyreek Hill at the line. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Oh, oh. man. Oh, that's good. I, I um, mean, she's, she's obviously very attractive. Uh, yeah, she is. She, she very much is. Uh, I, I mean, I just wanted to bring that up. I don't know what we, what there's even to say about this. But no, that's a fun one. What a great story. What a um, great story. So I, I have a lot to talk about with the Justin Fields one. I don't really have much about the Sims and the Prescott contract. I didn't know about those until just researching them after you told me about it. So if you want to yeah, kind of re... We're, we're, we're a little we're over. We're running a little long. Yeah, so if, let's you, if, just... if you want to touch the Sims um, Hertz thing, and if you want to touch on the press, uh, uh, Dak Prescott thing, um, we we can talk about the Justin Fields thing because I think that's the most interesting and most talked about thing currently. Yeah. So the uh, the Hertz thing was uh, Chris Sims went on his uh, dumb show and said that Jalen Hurts was the most overrated, not quarterback player in the NFL. Which again, even if he said quarterback, it's like. Apparently, Chris Sims does not watch games because Hertz had a down year, and a down year means for half the season he was a front runner for MVP. So, again, last year he's the only quarterback we've seen in a big game that basically went toe to toe on every possession with uh, Patrick Mahomes, and then their defense basically cost them that game. But again, I don't think we have to touch much on that. It's just once again, nice shirt casino. It's once again, proving that Chris Sims uh, might be one of the worst NFL analysts on the platform. And by platform, I just mean social media or online or whatever. Uh, the other one was uh, the Dak Prescott contract uh, negotiations. We can just move to later to talk about when he actually signs that contract because it's looking like he'll end up being the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, which again is crazy. But when it comes to Justin Fields, let's talk about it, Casino. The Bears going into this upcoming draft obviously have the number one pick. The consensus number one pick is a quarterback, Caleb Williams from USC. USC getting a lot of play on this podcast today. Uh, so there is speculation that the Bears. So this is how out of control it is. Uh, two days ago, the New York Post posted a story that showed Justin Fields manager posting a celebration video online of the Falcons trade rumors, right? So it was 
speculation he was celebrating uh and posting that video at the time he did because the Falcons were had just acquired Justin Fields in a trade, right? Mm-hmm, so right. a day ago, the odds in these online betting communities were that Justin Fields is going to land with the Atlanta Falcons. As of five hours ago, the betting odds for the Atlanta Falcons, uh, for Justin Fields to the Atlanta Falcons, has been removed, and now all of a sudden, the rumors are that the Bears are going to keep Justin Fields again, but this is all within the past two days. So tomorrow... He could be traded to the Falcons. He could be the Bears starting quarterback. Obviously, the coaching staff and Bears media and Bears Twitter is like, he's our quarterback of the future, which means absolutely nothing in the NFL. Yeah. But if you are the Bears casino, do you keep Justin Fields, trade him away? What happens? Here we go. All right. Um, you try to get rid of them and move off of them as best you can because Caleb Williams, even if Justin Fields turns out to be a better quarterback than Caleb Williams, if Caleb Williams comes out and is a flop, which I don't think he's going to be a flop. Uh, I just don't know if he's going to be as great as you know some of the other quarterbacks that over the last handful of years, um, but definitely has the best option to be that. Um, here's the thing. You take him. You have the number one pick. You don't pass this opportunity. Because if you do, if you do and you pass on this opportunity and you have another horrible season and Caleb Williams goes off, you're going to look absolutely sheepish. Sheepish. Like, I can't, I can't see any other thing besides they need to take Caleb Williams. And you need to try to get rid of of Justin Fields because he's about to get that point where he's going to now ask for money. That that market for quarterbacks is so good for even shitty quarterbacks. It's absolutely insane. Look what's happening in New York with the Giants. Like that Daniel Jones contract, awful. Awful. It is so much money for a mediocre quarterback. Dude, you're stopping so wild right now. Um that is such that's a bad contract. So if he can get that contract, you know Justin Fields is damn well going to ask for that. And yes, say you still draft him and you try to keep Justin Fields, it's pointless to do that because then you're still going to have to pay Justin Fields. I don't, yes. I don't understand it. So moving off of him, I, I don't see why you would. Um, it, it would be idiotic if they try to do something else with that. Um, however, um, this is just a fun thing. Um as we're talking, um, I'm, I have my Patriots group chat with my brother and some friends. Um, apparently, the Patriots just released a quarterback, a cornerback, uh, J.C. Jackson, creating about another thirteen and a half million in cap space. The team nearly has a hundred million in space going into this next season. That is so much money. And my brother brought up, you know. What do you think if the Patriots, who've got the third overall pick, um, if they trade up and say, hey, here's a whole bunch of money, blah, 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 do you think that can now solidify them on getting that number one pick? Um, I, I said no, but the Bears aren't that smart, so they might they might do that. <laughs> but, you know, that's basically 
paying to get Caleb Williams. I don't know if you want to do that, but I just thought that was that was interesting point. But you need to get rid of Justin Fields. Justin Fields, I think, is a good quarterback, and people talk about how shitty his passing rating is and how shitty he is as a passing quarterback. He doesn't have time to throw the damn football. He doesn't have time to be a decent quarterback through the air. He has to run for his goddamn life every single game. Every single game. Like, this quarterback would be non-existent if he didn't have a run game. Like, nobody would be yeah. talking about it. So, I think going to Atlanta, who have a little bit more weapons, I think, and, you know, they, they've got some some new personnel in, in place. I think that's the perfect spot for him. I know there was other... Oh, thank you. You just spit up all over me. That is... <laughs> Bro, you look so cute for your mom. Oh, man. <laughs> Can we just end the podcast now? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I basically, uh, uh, my just, ugh, my Justin Fields take <laughs> why, is. Why was that funny? <laughs> He's just laughing at me. Uh, in Chicago, he has oh. a 10 and 28 quarterback Ooh. record. Uh, he obviously passing, he's never passed, uh, for 3000 yards. And again, the most pass friendly, uh, in the most pass friendly year of, or decade of NFL quarterback play we've ever seen. Now, obviously in 2022, he rushed for almost 1200 yards last year, he rushed for almost 700. His first year, he rushed for 420. You are 20. I do think if you're the bears, if you're keeping Justin Fields, you try to trade back maybe two or three spots to where you get Marvin Harrison Jr. And then you pair him with Fields. You get more draft capital, more players, do all that kind of stuff. If you, That's why I think it's very interesting. Pick. So for you to say that, that's why I'm saying I think it's very interesting that the Patriots, you know, release J.C. Jackson, which that's a lot of money, dude. That's a lot of money and and – you could you might be able to move up going from the third to the first isn't that big of a deal if you're looking to keep Justin Fields. Yeah. Well, also, if you're the Bears, you go either one of two ways you build around Justin Fields, but I agree with you. It's gonna come up to contract time, and you're are you really going to be paying 40 plus million dollars for Justin Fields, which is a quarterback we haven't that seen? Could eventually be your backup. <laughs> yeah. We've seen Justin Fields have great games and great moments, but we've never seen him do it consistently, right? So then it becomes the thing of, I think they should take Caleb Williams. They should try to trade Justin Fields. But again, in what are you going to get back for him? If you can get a second, third round pick, God forbid some team gives a first round pick up for him. But if you if get you a second get, or a third rounder, you win. Yeah. You win, you get Caleb Williams, who at this point I feel is as good as Justin Fields, right? I, I don't think I don't think Justin Fields has shown us anything to say he's much better than any of the quarterback. Yeah, but prospects. we got to be fair to this: is he hasn't really had the best opportunity. Yes, he's had time, but you're playing for the Bears, who has not been good and not managed their team well. So everybody that's like, oh, well, you still have time. And that's why I, I, I keep talking about with the Mac Jones thing is, do I want to move off Mac Jones? Yes. But do I feel like it was fair to him 
you know, how he got in the like how where he is in the NFL. No, I don't because Belichick couldn't doesn't know how to do anything on offense. So I and he had three different coordinators. So, you know, I feel bad for him. I feel the same way with Justin Fields is you're a good, good player that is on just a shitty track and you're getting you're getting the bad the the shit into the stick of it because we don't know what you can really do if you're on a decent team. So people are like, oh, well, he's had plenty of time in the NFL. He should have showed things. You can't really show things if, and you said he shows flashes, but it's not consistent. I'll take those flashes as a good sign rather than a bad sign when you are consistently on a bad team and you have to try to figure it out yourself. That's a really good point because, again, the the points left out. You said said good point. No, that was a really good point because, again, the points left out of the – uh, Patrick Mahomes conversation is he got put on an already good team with the perfect situation and maybe the best offensive uh, play calling coach in NFL history. So that's not to diminish Patrick Mahomes, but again, I don't think Patrick Mahomes would be Patrick Mahomes if this Bears team would have drafted him. Right? right? Like we would be talking because, about. I mean, Mahomes can scramble game. all day and you know get away. But he's got the players on the other side, mainly right now just Travis Kelsey, but we'll get open. Like, we'll be his bailout blanket bailout when he has to scramble. Well, and he has the scheme, and we've seen the past couple seasons how the NFL has shifted to where now coordinators matter more than anything, right? Like, if you don't have a good offensive or defensive coordinator, you're probably not winning games. So... (laughs) On that note, Casino, we can end the podcast there. Thank you. Uh, I'm starting to smell like spoiled milk over here. <laughs> uh, so this has been the Only Sports Podcast. I'm Will. That's Casino over there. Right. We're going to switch to one day a week, uh, maybe Wednesdays, maybe Thursdays. We'll talk about it. But, yeah. Uh, uh, this has been the Only Sports Podcast. Adios. Adios.